Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. What a wonderful time we're in. God's doing good things. Yeah? Just a wonderful time celebrating the resurrection last weekend. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah? So, so good. I felt the Lord highlighting uh, the fact that it wasn't so much about looking back, but actually inspiring us to look forward. You know, when Paul writes to the Corinthians and he's talking about the Last Supper and he's, he's talking about as followers of Jesus taking communion, he said, as you do this, do this in remembrance of me and remember that I'm coming again. We proclaim his death until he comes. And so there's a looking forward aspect. And I felt the Lord was really inspiring us and encouraging us to look forward. Because of the resurrection, we can look forward. The cross is amazing because it deals with our past. It deals with sin. But it wasn't only the cross. There's also the resurrection. And, And because of the resurrection, we can live in resurrection life. And we can look forward to the Lord leading us into greater things. This is phenomenal. It changes everything. See, if you're only focusing just on the cross, you know, it just brings you back to sort of zero. It wipes out all the negative and brings you to zero. But the resurrection helps us to go forward into positive territory. Huge, 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 huge. The implications are massive, especially we consider who Jesus is coming back for. I mean, the power of the cross is amazing, right? Because the cross dealt with everything that was lost because of the fall. It's good theology, yes? Yeah? So whatever was lost... Whatever was cursed, every curse that was on the world was placed on Jesus on the cross. That's why we're not cursed anymore. Hmm? Yeah? And, and our separation from God, that's been dealt with. We now have free access to come into his presence. This is amazing. This is, this is huge. This is, this is an upgrade from Adam and Eve. Amen. Come on, think about it. Amen. They who would only be able to walk with God in the cool of the evening. That's limited access. Us now, 24-7. I would consider that an upgrade. Amen. Yeah? The cross has been amazing in dealing with everything that was lost because of sin, the fall. Not only have our sins been done away with, but also, think about this. The curse that was put on the earth has also been dealt with. Okay, this is going to mess with some of you now. The ground was cursed because of the fall. Before the fall, 
Earth wasn't cursed. Mm-hmm. So guess what we have access to because of the cross? We have access to the curse that's been on the earth to be removed. In fact, Scripture puts it this way. It says, all of creation is groaning, longing, waiting in expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, to step into the fullness of who they are in Christ. So you say, but if Jesus sorted that out on the cross, why is there so much trouble on the earth? Yeah, like that declaration we were making earlier? We believe that his resources are unlimited. Is that what we said? Were we lying or were we trying to say the truth? The truth. Okay? Now, my background previously, not in a former life, just earlier, was in economics in business, these kinds of things. That's what I, what I studied. And the amazing thing is that the premise for, for economists when they're trying to figure out all of these different models is they base it not on godly thinking. It's based on scarce and limited resources. So because there are scarce resources, we have limited supply. And the law of supply and demand says that the price will go up if there's more demand for a limited scarce resource. And so we are conditioned, even though the scriptures say, please do not, or not please, do not, it's actually an instruction, it's a command. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. The pattern of this world says everything is limited. It's scarce. It's going to run out. So now we must worry about the climate. And we must worry that we're going to have, you know, that we won't have sufficient oxygen. We, we won't have enough resource in fact, even right now, everybody, I want you to be afraid. This is, this is what the media is telling you. Be afraid there's not enough food. There's supply crisis. There's not enough food. Be afraid. Are you guys alive? You're breathing. You're okay. We pump more oxygen in here. Get you going. So this narrative is coming and it's against the knowledge of God and it's against his, his values and his principle. And it says, actually, God, when you created the heavens and the earth, you didn't know what you were doing. And you didn't know like you had some kind of schizophrenic or memory loss episode 
that you didn't hold in congruence that you were going to create all of these humans. So now we're going to have too many humans on the planet, and God, you didn't do well enough to provide for everyone that you were going to cause to be born on the earth. So now we raise up uh, an, an argument and an accusation against God that there's lack and there's scarcity, and we actually say there's limited supply, limited resource. But we just said a declaration. So what is it? Oh my goodness. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we, we're coming into alignment with God's view and what he says. So either we believe the scientists or we believe the word. Like when I was a tiny little chap, in 1973, there was the oil crisis. In 1973, they proclaimed there's not enough oil. We're running out of oil. My goodness. Were they right or were they wrong? So we got a bunch of people saying we're running out of food. Let me just tap into what Lisa was saying earlier. This thing we were watching about, because it's a prophetic fulfillment of what God said. He says that the desert will bloom again. As the kingdom comes, as God moves on the earth, we see even the desert will become a fertile field. So we watch this program where they are greening the desert. And in the Negev, which is the lower part, the southern part of Israel, they've got the most amazing food projects going on. And they literally are turning what was a barren wasteland into a fertile field. I mean, you go and you look at a lot of Israel today, and it's just like rocks and sand. But God said, it's the land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. The mountains are dripping with, with new wine. This is a great place to go. Amen. But we look now, and it's sand and rocks, and it's kind of like, what's going on? Well, there are guys that are going in there, and they, were, they focused on one particular project um, around uh, Jordan. And they went into a place and it's just desolate. And in three years, with just some careful intervention, they were able to establish self-sustaining gardening. Another area they went into, a place that was absolutely devastated and was drought-stricken, in six years, a stream began to flow. Through mismanagement and overgrazing and all those goats, 
ripped up all the roots of everything. One of the simple interventions was to stop grazing and allow what's there to pop up. Their flowers in, in Jordan, they thought were extinct, last seen in about 1880. All of a sudden, boop, there it was. Hmm. And Israel now, through innovation and creativity, as Lisa was talking about, their population is 8 million, 8.7 million. They have enough food to feed 80 million. There's, there's not enough food? Crisis? You're kidding me. There's more than enough food. Why? We look with the eye of faith and we see when people come under kingdom understanding, we don't have this mentality of lack and scarce resource. We're partnering in faith and we say, Lord, lead us to become good stewards that the land is not necessarily cursed anymore because of what you did on the cross. And we see the deserts becoming green. Doesn't it excite you? Okay, I got excited. Sorry, guys, little, my little thing, I got excited. You know, it's just, you know, I was just, I was just thinking maybe the Bible was true after all. You know, that maybe God wasn't lying, you know, that actually he meant what he said. And that on the cross, when Jesus said, it's finished, it's done, it's settled, that actually he meant that everything that occurred because of the fall had been sorted out. You say, well, well, why don't we see this, you know, right here, right now, everywhere, all over the place? It's kind of like, well, yeah. But do you see everybody walking around like a saint? Like a child of God? Look, I mean, the cross was enough. People just have to believe. It's just that they won't believe. But it's open to everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But not everybody does call. But the provision has been made on the cross. The provision has been made on the cross also for the planet. So let's not buy into this whole narrative that we better be afraid. There's some strange things going on in our world right now. Strange things. I'll, I'll, I'll try not interrupt my interruption. There's some really, really strange things going on that don't, don't make enough sense. That your milk should go up three rand a liter in one week. Last week. For Why? What happened in one week in South Africa? Not somewhere far, far away. And no, not all the dairy herds are in KZN, so that can't be it either. Makes us think. Mm. Regardless of what happens in circumstance, we're people of faith. 
If he's done it before, he can do it again. If under an inferior covenant, the old covenant, he could provide manna, imagine what he can do under the new covenant, a superior covenant. Multiply fish, bread, I mean, God was into fishy stories. I don't know, like even like gold coins in the mouth of a fish. He can do some extraordinary things. Yeah. So, let's not partner with this whole thing of lack of faith and its twin, fear. And get into a state of panic about what's going on in the land. Because even if it is, if there are areas where it's desert, wasteland, he will cause them to bloom again. Yeah? This, this prophetic painting that Lisa did for us this morning, you can just see, if you look carefully, you can see the dove. But if you don't look carefully, you'll miss the dove. And some of us, we don't look carefully as to what God is doing over the land, and we miss the dove of the Spirit. We combine to the narrative that it's a barren wasteland. Oh, but he turns everything around. So, it's not just about the cross, but it's the resurrection as well. And the resurrection points to he's coming again. And he's coming for a big, fat bride. She's big. Oh my goodness, she's big. Yeah? She's beautiful and big. And she's powerful. Yeah, yeah. She wears army boots. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. The devil... That's the bride. And that's the bride he's coming for. He's not coming for some weak, emaciated, you know, scrawny bride that's been hiding in a cave, waiting to be rescued. He's coming for a bride who is so powerful and has been bringing and ushering in the kingdom in greater measure. And then Jesus comes and he just puts the cherry on the top. All the things that were accomplished on the cross, he said, all right guys, I've done my bit, now you carry on with the rest. And you enforce the victory that I've already accomplished for you. So then we actually step into the on earth as it is in heaven. You see, when he comes back, the whole thing about looking forward, you know, our resurrection weekend, looking forward. We're looking forward to his coming and his establishing his kingdom. 
It was extraordinary this morning. We sang this song from Yo Yaratrach. Translation for some people from years ago. O ancient of days, your kingdom shall reign over some of the earth. What did you sing? Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Sing unto the ancient of days. Your kingdom shall rule and shall reign. Of the increase of his government, Isaiah says, there'll be no end. Of the increase. What does increase mean? Like acceleration. It's not just staying. It's increasing. Of the increase of his government, of his rule and of his reign, there's going to be no increase, no end to this increase. We're not anticipating a small, minute, tiny, insiwini, insignificant gathering of God's people remaining on the earth when Jesus returns. Of course we're not, because we read the book of Daniel. And God himself says, there's going to be a stone not cut by human hands that comes and it smashes the feet of this massive big statue. And the statue is speaking of these different empires. And it speaks of Jesus, the rock, coming and smashing the Roman Empire. And the rest of that dream, that vision, which God interprets, he says this rock now grows and expands and, until it covers the whole earth. He says that's the kingdom of God. Great expectations. Somebody should write a book like that. We're looking forward. Amazing what God is doing. These are great days to be alive. Oh, come on. The kingdom is going to be advancing powerfully. It might look like there's a lot of chaos going on. That's okay. God's okay with chaos. He was really happy. Go and read the first couple of chapters. And there was chaos. And the Holy Spirit hovered. And brought godly order out of the chaos. God's okay with chaos. He's done it before. He can do it again. All right. What a wonderful weekend. The resurrection causes us to be filled with hope and an expectation and excitement the best is yet to come. Yeah. And all this other stuff that's sprouting the negativity, it's just setting themselves up to be proved wrong. All right, I'm going to preach myself happy. I am already. Yay. So, so good. Turn with me, please, to the book of Acts. And uh, we're in Acts chapter 4. And the story that we, we're in here is, starts actually in chapter 3. And there's this guy. He's been begging at uh, the gate to the temple. And 
He's been, been crippled since birth. Later on in chapter 4 tells us that this guy's over 40 years old. So for a whole generation, he's been begging, he's been crippled, he's been lame. At the place of worship, it's been maimed. Interesting. And the Holy Spirit releases a miracle in and through Peter and John. And this guy is instantly healed. And it causes a massive stir in, in the gathering of God's people. And some of the people who didn't believe all of a sudden are confronted with a supernatural sign and a wonder. And they wonder what's going on. And the sign is pointing to Jesus. And so Peter, who's you know, not necessarily known as, as the smartest guy in the class, yeah, he, uh, he wasn't the sharpest of instruments. But he seizes on the opportunity because it's not about his sharpness, it's about his availability. And the Holy Spirit uses him to speak to high society, the learned ones, the guys who were, thought they were superior. And, and in their superiority, they had written out resurrection. And Peter is using the sign to point to the resurrection and to point to Jesus as the Messiah. So the sad, you see, and we know that why they are sad, you see, because they don't believe in resurrection. But Peter's saying, listen, because of the resurrection, Jesus, this one who you killed, God raised from the dead, so clearly there has to be resurrection because it's through the power of Jesus who is resurrected that this guy's healed. So you're looking at the sign, and the sign is pointing to the resurrection. Well, we don't believe in resurrection, but look at the sign. But we don't believe, but there's a sign. And there's a massive wrestle going on These wrestles are nothing new. Even in our day, when people are confronted with fact and with truth, they will rather believe an old narrative than actually accept, oh, this result is different, therefore I need to change my belief system. But I won't go into that now. So, this group, the Sanhedrin, all the bigwigs, they called Peter and John and they say, okay, guys, we need explanation. What is going on? How did this happen? Because this shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. Okay, tell us. Tell us what's going on. So Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. I think I've given you enough time to get there. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. This is phenomenal. Just, just in, in the sentence here. So Peter, remember we said he's not the sharpest. Okay, he grew up as a fisherman. 
And they, they've, they were based around the Lake of Galilee. And the Lake of Galilee was, is geographically, it's lower than Jerusalem. So that's why the Psalms will say, come, let us go up to the house of the Lord. So Jerusalem is set up on the mountain. It's Mount Zion. Okay? And you've got, anyway, got to, got to choose which interruption to go with. So, so geographically, you've got, you've got Galilee, which is lower than Jerusalem. Not only was it lower geographically, but in terms of society and culture, Jerusalem was like the city of God. It was the capital. It was the place where if you were a mover and shaker, that was the place to be. So the intellectuals were there. The high class were in Jerusalem. But Peter came from Galilee and he was a fisherman. He was uneducated, unschooled. And, and they would know that these guys were Galileans because they spoke with a different accent. Do you remember Peter and he's warming his hands on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He's around a little fire and a servant girl kind of like, hey, you're a Galilean. And a couple of other guys had also said, hey, you're, 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 you're not from here, you're from Galilee. Because they could pick up on the accent. Hmm? You know like we talk about people live on the other side of the Burevos curtain? Yeah? Well, Peter lived on the other side of the fish curtain in Galilee. And, and there was a different, di- a different accent and they thought they were, were, were less intelligent. And so you had the people in Jerusalem looking down on these people from Galilee. You can see what's going on. These poor people in the Sanhedrin are blowing gaskets. Because here is an unlearned, unschooled person. He didn't go to the right university. He didn't go to the proper private school. Didn't have any previous education. And yet now, this guy is stepping into the supernatural, which they didn't even want to believe in the supernatural, but now they're confronted with the supernatural because, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? This guy, we've been passing him for 40 years, having to give him offerings. Every time we go up to pray, there's the oak begging, and if we want to be a good, pious person, we've actually got to give some offering to this guy. They're confronted with, like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do here? Because they cannot deny that this guy's been healed. So the supernatural breaking into the natural world is confronting people's belief systems. And it's coming through some of the most unlikely of people. I believe that's exactly why the Holy Spirit has got this verse in the Bible. Because we look at ourselves and we say, well, who am I? I'm just an ordinary person. You know, what can I do? You know, I didn't go to Bible school or do this or do that. You know, I'm just an ordinary person. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, that's why I want you. And that's why I'm going to use you. Because I use ordinary people. Amen. 
Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit is grabbing a hold of our hearts and our minds and he's, and he's turning it around. Where we once excluded ourselves, he's now turning it around and saying, you're included. When we once disqualified ourselves, he's turning it around and saying, I qualify you. Where you once thought, I could never be involved in healing being released to anybody on the planet, he's turning that whole thing around and say, I choose you. Amen. Because the kingdom is coming. Why? Because the resurrection is real. Amen. And God chooses the things that are not, the things that are despised, to confound the things that are to confound the wise. Amen. The lower you are, the better it will be. Okay. Because you'll have a greater impact. Don't disqualify yourself. And if you've got brains, hallelujah, use them for the kingdom as well. Amen. Oh yeah, that's right. Corinthians says, the wisdom of this world is as nothing. It's as foolishness compared to God. So even the brightest mind is as foolishness to God. Oh, you qualify as well. Whether we wise according to the standards and, 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 and uh, the assessments of this world or not, that's not the issue. These bigwigs, it says they were astonished. They were going, you? That's South African for Hebrew. <laughs> astonished. You? They were astonished, but they took note of what? They'd been with Jesus. What qualified them? They were available. They'd been with Jesus. Are you available? Can you be with Jesus? Then you're qualified. This is extraordinary stuff. For too long, a message has gone out, probably sponsored by the devil. That says, you know what, only a select few can be used by God. And there have to be extraordinary people to be used. And too many people have bought the narrative and voluntarily excluded themselves from participating in the supernatural. But the Holy Spirit is shining light. He's causing darkness and dark thoughts, shadows, deceptions, lies to be exposed because of the shining of the light of the King. And understanding and revelation is coming and God's people are rising to the truth that the supernatural trumps the natural every time. 
and that God is the one who qualifies us. And God uses ordinary people. That's why he's going to use us. Oh, my goodness. Verse 14. But since they could see the man who had been healed was standing there with them, there was nothing that they could say. They were, um, um, um. Their brains were spinning because they were confronted with a new reality that didn't agree with their previous thinking. We as a company of people received a prophetic word just before we went into this whole two-year holiday thing. that the Lord was going to use us as a people to be a place where healing would impact the city. And it was going to happen in such a way that it was going to be transformative, not just in terms of healing somebody's ailment, disease, whatever it is, but it was going to be something that would astonish people and would have such a profound effect that would cause a stir in this region. So Joyberg is going to become Joyberg. We're stepping into the fullness of Joyberg. We're stepping into the greater measure of the supernatural being released. So the word was something along the lines that somebody of significance in terms of the world's way of thinking. We've already dismantled that, but the world is a way of thinking. Somebody of influence was going to be supernaturally healed, that there was no mistaking that this was a miracle. And it was going to cause people to be so astonished that they were going to come running looking for answers. Like, what happened? What went on? Okay, it's not about what happens on the platform here. It's about what happens when we, as the family of God, ordinary people, partner with Holy Spirit to see extraordinary exploits taking place. You see, Peter said it's the name of Jesus. Early on in chapter 3, he said to the, the other people, he says, why do you come running and looking at us as though by our own power, or godliness, we had been able to heal this guy. No, no, it's the name of Jesus. And so again, we understand that whatever we do, we're ordinary people and we're pointing to Jesus. We're not pointing to ourselves. Yeah? We're not doing the other shenanigans where you charge you know, $5,000 to have the man of God pray for you, as is the custom in many places across our nation at the moment. It's despicable, but it's taking place. There's a lot of false stuff there. The false doesn't negate the genuine. It just points to the fact that there must also be the genuine. You only counterfeit something that's valuable. 
And there's a lot of counterfeit stuff happening. Okay, all right, let's not get offended by that stuff. And we're really sad that many people are being duped into taking money that they can ill afford to spend to go and throw at the feet of someone who's living a very lavish lifestyle because of their desperation. Wow, wouldn't it be amazing if the true church steps into her role? Freely we have received, freely we give. That was the instruction of Jesus. Don't charge for the miracles. You didn't do it. But before we criticize people who are doing it incorrectly, let us set about doing it correctly. So when people encounter the real, they're not going to run after the counterfeit because they've got the real. Mm-hmm. Come on. All right. Verse 14. Since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with him, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they had a caucus. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. That's going to happen again. Notable signs that people can't deny are going to point to Jesus. All right, remember that prophetic word. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So then they called them in again and they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him, to God? You be the judges. But as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We cannot help Speaking, ongoing, continuous, tense in the original language. It's not a one-off, we, t- we tell it one-off and then, we, then that's it. You know, like speak now or forever, hold your peace. It's like we cannot help carrying on speaking about this. They knew nothing about being politically correct. Where on earth, oh, we do know, America. can blame it on them because they're far away. This thing of being politically correct, this is not a South African thing. Why have we allowed a small minority to tell us what we can and can't speak about at work? Hmm? Come on now. You got some good news. Go and talk to the people at the coffee machine or the canteen or wherever. I think we're back at coffee machines now, aren't we? I think we're back at canteens now, aren't we? 
Yeah, so we've had a two-year break. We've got lots of testimonies and stories we've got to tell people now. We've got two years to catch up. So how about we actually stop being politically correct and we be more biblical and we share with people good news. You know, it's not just good news about who won the cricket or, you know, what the new recipe is or whatever it is that people talk about. How about we actually share some good news that will be life-changing, transforming, and stop worrying about being so politically correct. Come on, you light-carrying person, you. Do not put your light under a bushel. Don't try and hide it. It's kind of like, oh, I only bring my light out on Sundays. Put it away again. It's kind of like, no, no, no. Ask the Lord for wisdom how to speak. Goodness sake, don't be one of those obnoxious people. Yeah, we don't have any obnoxious people in this church family. That's why I love a breakthrough. So don't ever, you know, be obnoxious because that's not who we are. Mm? With wisdom, with tact, with insight, with Holy Spirit ability to win people over. Not to get up their noses and score points. That doesn't help anything. Some people get persecuted because they're an idiot. Not because of the gospel. So don't be an idiot. So share good news with wisdom. Holy Spirit strategy. Hmm? The fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. Let's spread it around. It's a beautiful thing. Let's spread the fragrance around. Let's not be so politically correct that we never take the top off the fragrance bottle. Let's let it spread. How's the amazing thing about these guys? Need to try and find an, a landing strip here. The amazing thing about these guys that were so filled with passion and with fire. And this is a couple of chapters after Pentecost. This is maybe, who knows, months later, we don't know exactly. A year or so later, we don't know. You know, you read the Bible and you think everything happened within days. No, no, they're weeks and they're months and they're years through the book of Acts. Spread over a long period of time. So, chapter 3, 4, we don't know exactly how long. But the fiery passion from Pentecost, they're filled with the Spirit, they're speaking truth, they're confronting the religious mindset. They've been warned, you better be politically correct, otherwise you're going to be fired. So what do they do? They have a prayer meeting. And they said, Lord, the very thing that got us into trouble, do it more. Yeah? Lord, what got us in this mess was a healing. So now, let's turn it up. You stretch out your hand to heal. Isn't this extraordinary? 
They didn't back off and back down and say, you know what, guys, we better play it cool. Look what they did to Jesus. They crucified him. They might take us out. You know what, let's just stay under the radar. They said, no ways. Hey, Jesus, more. Father, more. Holy Spirit was there in agreement. Shook the place. Now, sometimes our thinking needs a shaking. Because we get a little bit stuck in our ways and our patterns. And for goodness sake, we got into this strange little rut over the last two years. We, we kind of like backed off from the signs and wonders aspect. I'm, I'm talking about some of us. You guys are okay. Okay, just, just bear with me. I'm talking about other people. So you're okay. Kind of like, God, let your kingdom come. Thank you, Lord, for signs and wonders. Thank you for healings. Thank you for miracles. Lord, you know, make your name great. He says, fantastic. I tell you what we'll do. We'll create a worldwide phenomenon and then everyone will be able to see something in the area of health. And the church says, well, we'll just go into lockdown as well. Hmm. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm just kind of like, I think we might have missed an opportunity to actually step into something more of what the Lord had for us. Yeah. I, I, I think to a large degree we did but I think there's another level I'm not talking about another wave oh. so this is not rebuke because yeah, we're about 800 adults in Breakthrough Family. It's a, it's a fairly big family. I know not everybody's in the building. Some of you are there at home. God bless you. Some of you come to the first service. Some of you come late. And sorry about the people last week who got turned away and sent home because we had too many people to fit in here. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be bent out of shape. So let's stay flexible. And if you don't get your seat or you're not even able to get in, just remain flexible. Just come early or come to the first service. That way you get two runs at the seats in the building. Okay. But as we, as we are trusting the Lord for more, and amongst the family of 800, we only lost one person to COVID in two years. And the joke is on us because it was my dad. And then we're not sure if he really qualifies as a COVID because he prayed fervently for God to take him. So he wanted to go. So I'm not sure that we can actually blame it on COVID. Okay. So we're not here kind of like saying, 
we failed. That's not what we're saying. This is not kind of like, oh, we did badly, and where's your faith, and, and, and why isn't healing break? No, we're seeing healings. We've seen many people that we prayed them out of ICU. We've seen many people who were very, very sick, and God turned their circumstances around. Okay? But in our witness, I think we can step up another level. Our ability to change hearts and minds of people around us, I think we can step up a level. And and our go-to, I think we can step more into trusting the Lord to break into this world, the supernatural superseding the natural. Now, we are for medicine. Yes. We are for doctors. Yes. Even five, six, seven, that's fine. Sorry. The medical community we're good with. Okay? Are we clear on this? But we also want to see the Lord moving supernaturally. So there's the natural and then there's the above. You see, if only thing you've got is the natural, then you, 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 you're devolving down just into what man can do. And every now and then, the Lord sends a situation that you cannot fix in the natural. And there's an invitation to trust the Lord to step into the supernatural. And in some ways, the church worldwide was given an opportunity to step into the supernatural. Okay. Okay. Do you remember we spoke at the beginning of the year about tests? Mm, some of you were here. And one of the things we noted about God's kind of test is that he always gives you another opportunity. If you didn't pass the test in the first time, he's very kind and very gracious because he doesn't want anyone to fail. He just gives you another opportunity to take the test again until you pass So, how about we take a leaf out of Peter and John's book. We say, all right, Lord, we don't want to do test after test after test. Let's step into, as ordinary people, seeing the supernatural impact our natural world with signs and wonders. Amen. Bless you. Would you stand? I believe, as we've been speaking this morning, that the Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart and your mind, and it's like he's taking a delimiter off your brain. The limit that said, you can't do this, and that God would never use you. And I believe the Holy Spirit, this morning, is lifting that off you. So I'm going to pray into that. Is that okay? All right. So. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are doing amazing things in our day, in our world, in this time. That this is a great time to be alive, that the kingdom is advancing and it's advancing powerfully, and that you're using ordinary people to accelerate the kingdom's advance here on earth. 
thank you that you placed us in Joyburg for such a time as this, and that you made us as ordinary people to do extraordinary exploits with and for our God. And so we position ourselves, Lord, to be available that you would do what you alone can do. And would you cause healing, signs, and wonders to break out in this region like we've not seen before? Thank you, Lord. So we're asking, Lord, increase our faith, increase our boldness as we look to you and trust you that we would see things happening in our day and in our time. So thank you, Lord. Stir up faith, confidence. Change us, Lord. Let limitations be broken off your people right now in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen.